What's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Astrelson. I am your host for Locked On Coyotes, your team every day. Again, it's Friday, and we're here bringing you the final podcast of the week, and we're joined once again by Andrew Bell of Sports 360 AZ. Andrew, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Seth. Uh, obviously coming off a Coyotes victory last night, and thought they played a very good hockey, hockey game against one of the best teams in the West, and I think fans kind of saw what the potential of this team is um, for the season if they're able to replicate that type of performance every night and sustain that consistency. I thought uh, Rick Talk had mentioned it after the game last night, and I was there for um, post-game and all that, and he said, you know, that 1 through 21, he's happy with everybody. That was one of the most full team efforts they've had all season. There was nobody who really lacked. Everybody was rowing in the right direction, and they are able to get the job done, obviously. Barrett Hayton made his debut. Connor Garland has a big game with two goals. And I think, you know, down the line, guys stepped up. And you can't say enough about not only the offense, obviously, having putting up four goals, and that was a big storyline. Can the team score? They put up four last night. But defensively, in third period, talk about how good the defense has been this year. Defensively, they locked it down against a lethal Vegas offense that has so many playmakers and really, um, really no crazy opportunities. I thought Darcy Kemper could see the puck all night long. His guys did a really good job in front of him. You know, he faced his, I want to say his around 30 shots, but all of them he could see, and um, he was rock solid back there. So a good win for the team last night. Yeah, you and I both got a chance to be there. Uh, the Coyotes, their offense finally came out, and it wasn't their top line either. Their top line had only scored the lone goal of the season in Anaheim, and they had the majority of chances in that game on Saturday against Boston. Didn't think they played a particularly bad game. I just think they didn't have the chances that they were used to having. I think the Knights shut them down pretty good. I think they may have been a little off sync. There were some passes a little behind. Uh, Phil Kessel showed his skill. I mean, on two or three different occasions, he picked up the puck, skated behind the net, and drove back out in front. A lot of sticks and lanes. So some uh, tough opportunities there. But it was a secondary scoring. It was Connor Garland getting his first two of the season. It was Hayden with a one-handed pass over to uh, Dvorak, who got to Schmaltz, who scored. It was uh, Nicholas Charmelson getting his first goal as a Coyote. I mean, he played all last year, didn't score. Gets one three games in. So a lot of secondary scoring, which is what you need when your top line is down. I don't expect that top line to be down in terms of production for very long. I think they'll score in Colorado, but uh, it's what you need. What did you see uh, out of that secondary scoring, a team that struggled to find that last year? That's where all their scoring came from last night. I thought it was the, you know, you mentioned the first line, but that first line um, kind of wasn't the story last night. It was really the second and third line. I thought Carl Soderberg played really well. Of course, the Hayton, Hayton Schmaltz, Dvorak um, uh, line, and they had a funny nickname after the game. They called that the mute line, and the reason being the three guys in that line are very quiet and Barrett Hayden joked and said that's kind of the nickname is given by Jason Demers calls him the mute line because but they looked really good last night I think what they were able to do um, was you know generate that secondary scoring that's really important for a team and I mentioned it yesterday but being able to you know generate opportunities and I always like coaches always say you try to even out the bounces and yesterday the 
bounces even out at least on Connor Garland's first goal it's kind of one of those odd plays where he's on a rush kind of a broken play and he just swings a puck towards from that hits off the defenseman skate and goes in the goal and if you're a Coyotes fan you're wondering where were those goals first couple games it's like the coaches always say they even out over the course of the season that was kind of exemplary of that you have Nick Jarmelson stepping up last night um, wasn't sure it looked like on the replay it might have ramped up off a stick um, but still the goal is a goal that secondary scoring was really big and I think inserting Barrett Hayton in the lineup, he really helps a lot. I thought last night he's really strong, especially for a 19-year-old. He looks like he's older than what he is, and he played. He was really strong on the puck last night. You mentioned that one-handed play that he had around Paul Stastny where he gets it over um, where he gets it over Dvorak and then over to Schmaltz for the tic-tac-toe. It's a really nice play there. I think he adds even more depth to that roster. Obviously, Lawson Kraus will see when he returns, but they might you know, have an interesting situation depending on how much they want to see Barrett Hayton develop here. But I thought the depth really helped last night. And then on top of it, I mentioned if you're the Coyotes, you want it to be a one-goal game. They held Vegas to one goal. I think it starts on the, the other end of the ice playing solid defense and all that led. Um, to kind of do their offensive production and then a lot of zone time and to be in a pretty opportunistic as well. Um, I think Vegas outshot the Coyotes by a couple, but like I said, there was no really great A's um, and they weren't doing what they normally do, just kind of feed, um, you know, feed some of their top guys on the night. So, yeah, I thought the secondary scoring was really good. I think those two line, that second and third line was really where the Coyotes got all their money's worth. But 1 through 21, like Coach Tockett said, uh, they showed up last night. Yeah, great effort. Um, we'll get to Barrett Hayden in a moment, but I do want to rave about Darcy Kemper. 35 saves last night. Not a ton of chances in front of the net, but when he needed to be solid, he was. I think Darcy Kemper is the best goalie in the league right now. I can't think of another goaltender who is on top of his game like he is. He's allowed four goals in three games, which is unbelievable. For a guy who played hit 50 games for the first time in his career, uh, prior to that, he hadn't played over about 25, I think. I don't think he'd ever played 30 or more. For a guy to take on that workload last year, play well, come back over the summer, stay healthy, stay in shape, and come back out and continue to be the goaltender he was last year, he's better. I I don't know about you. I know we're early. Again, everything is so early. But he's if they were to end the season right now, three games in, that's it. Everybody's done. Darcy Kemper's the Vezina Trophy winner. Do you disagree? I mean, yeah, but it's only three games in. I mean, you can't make much out of that. I mean, he has played really well, but I agree. Um, he's probably, last year, the second half, he was the best goaltender in the NHL. There's no ifs, and or buts about it. Statistically, he was. I mean, if you look at all the numbers, he's number one, every category. Um, so he was the best goaltender in the NHL the second half of last season. That effort just comes up short, but... Yeah, I agree. I'd say the first three games, he's just been rock solid. But you can only take so much from three games. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of hockey moving ahead. I know there was rumors and some rumblings that Ante Ranta might get the start in Colorado this Saturday. Uh, see if they try to work him back in there, if not Colorado, sometime over the next couple games. And I think you're going to see him between the pipes pretty soon. Just give him an opportunity. You don't want to overuse Kemper, too. We talked about Marc-Andre Fleury and his usage. And still no reports uh, last night, worth noting, of course. Uh, if you didn't catch the game, but you're just tuning in the podcast today, Malcolm Subban started for the Knights, played pretty well in that first period, uh, had some big rebounds, but made some very timely saves for that Knights team. Played pretty well, but then didn't come out for the second period, so Marc-Andre Fleury was forced um, to come in, and it's, it's an injury. Uh, they wouldn't specify too much about it, at least Jar Gallant. Um, 
wouldn't he's kind of a they labeled as day to day and they didn't disclose too much about the injury that's just the way it goes with hockey you're not going to find out too much but yeah so he's day to day and Mark Andre Fleury to come in and we talked about him being taxed too much going into this season he had a strong workload last year uh, he has to come in to play the final two periods last night and Subin was out and um, Coyotes put up two goals on both goaltenders but that was just a little side note to that game last night and Darcy Kemper Imagine don't you don't want some of that happening as well, similar to a Mark Andre Fleur situation where you overuse them, um, and especially for a Coyotes team that has playoff expectations this year, and they labeled it in the preseason over the summer. They expect this to be a playoff team. They think they have the pieces in place, and so if you're looking at bigger picture, you don't want to use Darcy Kemper too much, especially when you have you know some very you know Auntie Auntie obviously is coming off injury, but he's been proven to be very capable when he is in net. Um, and when he has been healthy, along with, of course, Comrie, who they just picked up, who they have as kind of the third goaltender in there right now. He's a healthy scratch last night. And then you have held down Tucson as well. So uh, I think, yes, he's been probably, if not probably, the best goalie in the National Hockey League, but uh, you don't want to use him too much. And I imagine keeping him fresh as the year goes goes along is going to be pretty big for this Coyotes team. When I had saw a report, uh, got a notification on my phone from the score, that it did confirm Ronta will start on Saturday. I don't know who first reported that. I didn't get a chance to look at that, but what I've seen it is it is confirmed that he will start Saturday in Colorado. So uh, if you want to take a look at Auntie Ronta's uh, first NHL game of the 2019-2020 season, the best way to do it, Vivid Seats. And Vivid Seats, if you're heading up to Colorado, best place to find the best tickets. Do you want to sit right behind Auntie Ronta, see him make some incredible saves? Do you want to sit at center ice and see all the action? Well, Vivid Seats can help you find those tickets in Colorado. And Vivid Seats isn't just for those sports fans as well. It's for those that love concerts, that love live entertainment. Vivid Seats committed to making memories that last a lifetime. And um, a great site. They'll find you the best seats. They have their uh, loyalty rewards program that you're automatically enrolled in once you purchase tickets through them. So Vivid Seats, you're heading up to the Pepsi Center. Maybe you're waiting until Thursday when the Coyotes host the Predators. We'll see. But uh, either way, going out for live entertainment tonight or anytime this weekend, Vivid Seats is the way to go. And don't forget, MLB postseason starts tomorrow, or starts back up tomorrow with the championship series. If you want to get some uh, disc, I wouldn't say discounted tickets, but if you want to get some uh, money off your purchase, you can use postseason to save up to $100 on your next purchase at Vivid Seats. I'd been speculating on this podcast for a long time. When is Barrett Hayden getting in the lineup? And I don't think any of my ranting helped him get into the lineup, but we saw him last night, had an assist. All started with that one-handed pass, strong and a stick. We touched about a little bit about it on that first segment, but I think Barrett Hayton is going to be really good, and he's going to be in this lineup a lot. I think what he proved, I don't. there's no way he's in the press box on Saturday. I don't think so. I think uh, I think Kraus might get the seat again. Uh, Christian Fisher was really good last night, too. He was the one screening in front for Jarmelson's goal. Uh, so Kraus might be uh, seeing the press box again. Doesn't necessarily what he wants to see, obviously, but uh, I think Hayton's in. I don't think you change anything in terms of Hayton's line. You keep him with Schmaltz and Dvorak. I think that's a really good second line. But what I was most impressed with with Hayton, and I had talked with this with Scott Strandy on uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest. Uh, we did a little post game. Uh, 
he looks very confident and he looks fast. He doesn't look lost. And that is not something you saw with Dylan Strom when he played here. Strom looked lost. He looked confused. He looked two, three steps behind. He looked like he really wasn't motivated. Very different for Barrett Hayton. A lot different feel. Again, one game, but in the first game for Dylan Strom, bad feeling. First game for Barrett Hayton, really good feeling. Yeah, and I think Barrett Hayton, uh, the beginning had a little bit of a... I mean, first shift out there, it looked like there might be an oh-no feeling for Coyote Smith. He goes out there, gets a penalty on his first shift, and I'm sure when he was in the penalty box, that probably felt like the longest two minutes of his life. And Vegas had some pretty good opportunities on that first penalty, but Darcy Kemper made some saves. But after that, I mean, he was pretty spotless in this game. He was really solid, and I thought defensively in third period specifically, he was really just really clean getting pucks out of his own zone playing really good defense being in the right places like you said didn't look lost out on the ice looked like he knew where to be and it looked like he'd been playing in the league for a year already post game he was talking about it a little and pretty much said you know hockey's hockey but he had a lot of poise to him for someone who had just played his first game and seemed very relaxed out there didn't try to do too much like i mentioned yesterday um and even when he wasn't trying to do too much he made a fantastic play with that one-handed pass that he had um to kind of get that puck around stastny instead of that tic-tac-toe goal it starts with that getting back to that tripping call like said he kind of bounced back from that reset himself he's able to have a really productive game looked really confident out there really smart as well Uh, That's one thing that I've heard from players and coaches alike, uh, both Connor Garland and um, head coach Tockett, just saying, you know, he's a very smart player too and works hard, really hard in practice. And a lot of coaches will say, oh, you know, we're working hard in practice, but that's one thing they've attested to is he puts in a lot of effort in practice, um, doesn't really take any days off, and that's what you're looking for out of a first-round pick. And Coach Tockett after the game last night said, you know, that's why we drafted him. everything that they saw last night and he goes why he picked him he is as advertised showcased that in the game last night with that being said it's one game still a long season a lot of teams can adjust to that but um, so far so good for the Barrett Hayton chapter here in Arizona and him getting his legs under him I thought the funniest comment aside from the mute line last night was uh interaction that he had with the assistant coach John McClain after or in the third period he was talking about um, there was a play where he's on the wall and he's just looking to get the puck out of the zone when they're kind of icing that game away in the third period and uh, took a little bit of time, got the puck out of the zone, but didn't get all the way deep. And Hayden was back on the bench and Coach McLean kind of turned to him and said, you know, this isn't the Ontario kind of joke, not, you know, in a bad way, but kind of joking. He goes, this isn't the your Wednesday night in the Ontario League anymore. He goes, be quick with it, kind of getting it out of the zone. So he's giving him a little bit of hard time. But it's just a funny comment because Hayton kind of attested to it and said, yeah, you know, this isn't the Ontario League. It's a lot quicker. It's a lot faster. But he seemed to enjoy every second of it and plays a really good team. Couldn't ask for two better opponents to start off. And I'm like I said, I'm assuming that he'll be back in the lineup on Saturday. Couldn't ask for two more difficult and more fun opponents to play against if you're him you get vegas in the opener colorado in game two and i said this off air to you but i think colorado i could easily see them built off of what they did last season making a run to the western conference final this year it all matters of course how you're playing at the end of the season but i think they're one of my favorites to make a deep run uh, in the postseason they just have so much so much young talent similar to the coyotes in some sense but just offensively 
a lot of weapons on that team. Yeah, I think for Colorado, it's a lot more experience up front for them and a lot of really good young talent on the back end. For Hayton, you said he's Mr. No Days Off. I don't see him getting a day off tomorrow. I see him back on the ice. So we'll see how that goes. I think for Hayton, just like any other young player, I think what you'll see the most is two things that they adjust to. I wouldn't say they totally struggle with, but young players kind of learn and adjust to. A, it's the speed of the game, right? you got to make the decisions a little bit quicker. But also, and especially for forwards, you can't just skate by everybody. I remember uh, when Domi and Duclair had made their debuts as a tandem, both guys tried to skate around defensemen, and they tried to make moves. And in the Ontario League, yeah, that might work because you're one of the better players in the league. But I remember, especially Domi in particular, had tried to – a couple of moves one time around a defender and he got knocked off the puck and then after that he started looking for the corners he started looking for teammates so Hayden adjusting to the speed of the game he's not trying to do anything on his own I don't you know he knows when to pass he knows who's open he he understands where he's at on the ice so for Hayden I think it's a, a really good really good start to his career and we'll see how it goes on and I think it continues on on Saturday Back over to the Colorado side of things, though, like we talked about offensively, a pretty good experience up front. You have McKinnon, you have Landis Cog. Randon's starting to be a really good breakout player for them defensively. So young, but so stacked at the same time. Uh, Coyotes have to go in and they have to face them. They're going to go onto Ranta. Uh, and this will be an interesting one for the Coyotes. And I think. That's why losing that game on opening night hurt a little bit because you knew you were going to play some pretty tough teams after that. You have the Knights, you had the Bruins, now you face the Avalanche, you're going to come back home and face the Predators on Thursday, and I believe in between that they make a trip to Winnipeg on Tuesday. So pretty good teams pretty early on, but that's what you have to do to be a good team in this league. you got to compete with the good teams, and in the past with – these Coyotes teams, you'd think, okay, if they get out of the woods with some better teams and then beat the teams they should, they could be in a good position. But I think this is the time for them to step up. Again, I think this Coyotes team, with the way things are going, if they can find their offense on a consistent basis, they could be competing with Vegas for that top spot in the Pacific Division. Uh, but what are you expecting out of this team as they head to Denver? I think it's more of what you said, kind of with the scoring department. I think pretty evident by their third period last night but I think the defense is their kind of building block just build everything off of that um, I'm expecting going into Denver more of a similar type of game to what we saw last night where it's kind of high flying to very skilled teams Coyotes um, you know had the challenges scoring goals but they still are a pretty they're a fast team uh, especially some of those forwards that second and third line especially the first line with Phil Kessel he brings a lot of speed um, along with Clayton Keller up front. So, you know, I'm expecting another high-flying game. This should be an interesting game going into Denver. I think between these next three, Winnipeg, Colorado, and Nashville, you got to take to at least – I know it's still early, you know, obviously this is, but you don't want to bury yourself too much. You have to take at least one of those three, if not get three points, you know, get the win and a point maybe two points out of them. I think Coyotes are more than capable of doing that, but it's a really tough slate um, going. It's not the easiest trip in the world from Denver, Winnipeg too, and then you're back in on Thursday for Nashville. I think um, it's a tall task for them, 
but I think they'll be up to the challenge. And offensively, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, how is this team going to respond offensively? You saw it last night. Um, and moving through the rest of the season, if they can put up goals, they got a chance. They got more than a chance uh, to do some pretty special things. I think that's the biggest key. But getting to Colorado, uh, the weapons that they have, you mentioned McKinnon, Landeskog, um, Kale McCarr on the blue line. I mean, coming straight out of college last year makes an impact in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The defensemen that they have are some of the most skilled defensemen in the league, and they have probably four guys who can step on the ice and their threats right away. They can shoot the puck. They can move it around. Um, they can do a lot of things offensively. So I think going into this Colorado game, it's obviously trying to limit that first line with kind of McKinnon, Landis, Gog. That's always first and foremost. Um, but then trying to limit those defensemen as well and not turning the puck over because when they turn the puck over, that's when those defensemen can jump on the rush. And you see maybe three, four, they, you know, spring four guys on the rush. That's also where you can maybe attack them as if they do that, but kind of same thing as Vegas. You don't want to turn those pucks over uh, in a bad area of the ice, whether it be in the neutral zone at the blue line, uh, try to limit their speed. I think playing the boards is going to be important for the Coyotes. That's where I think Christian Fisher was really good last night. I thought he was really good on the walls. Um, had one turnover where I kind of, um, you know, it wasn't a great one. Had one late in the game. I know it's four to one, but Never want to get too cute with the puck, try to go between the legs. It springs a, uh, a good opportunity. I believe it was William Carlson who had the shot, but Kemper made the save, so his goaltender bails him out. But I think those are things you got to try to limit. doesn't matter kind of what the score is, but you got to take advantage of that. But I thought other than that, Christian Fisher had a very strong game last night. And if you get production from that second and third line, like I said, the first line is going to be fine. I didn't see anything from them last night where I was like, you know, that there's going to be some problems here. They looked... They're flying all over the ice. Phil Kessel, and they were able to generate a couple of good cycles. Didn't get you know the look that they wanted out of it, but they were controlling the puck, moving the puck around, and they're going to be fine. Uh, it doesn't matter when their goals come, but they're going to be fine. It's those second and third lines um, that we saw last night um, who are going to keep be the biggest difference maker for the Coyotes this season and going into Colorado and beyond. Speaking of that top line, Phil Kessel, uh, barring anything insane, will suit up for his 1,000th NHL game. So big for him. A lot of milestones early for him uh, in his time in Arizona. I think it was last night's game or it was the game prior. I think it was last night's game where he jumped up the list for most consecutive games played. Uh, just if he suits up Saturday, that streak continues plus his 1,000th NHL game. So kind of big for Phil Kessel. We'll see if he has a big night. Like you said, I don't think they struggled that bad. Uh, Derek Stepan had a fantastic opportunity below the circles, and Fleury just snagged it with his gloves. So still getting those opportunities. Had a lot of good chances in the first period. So uh, for the Coyotes, it's a trip to Denver. For us, we'll be staying home to watch that game, and we'll bring you all of our uh, reactions on Monday. So uh, tune into that. We'll talk about the Colorado game, preview the Jets game a little bit, Probably do a little bit more in-depth on Tuesday, but definitely a lot in the Colorado game. See if Barrett Hayton continues. Maybe he scores his first career NHL goal in Colorado. See if that first line can turn their efforts into some points, and we'll see uh, how good Auntie Ronta was. I think he's going to have uh, a good game. It'll be interesting. He hasn't seen game regular season game action in a while, so be interesting to see how he responds, but uh, we'll talk about that. On Monday, uh, Andrew, everybody know where they can follow you at on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's at Andrew Bell 7 capital A, capital B. Uh, if you're looking to 
get up to date and all with Coyotes news, but I also do a little bit of write-in covering uh, Arizona State men's hockey at the NC2A division level for House Sparky, along with my Coyotes work at Sports 360 AZ. So feel free to shoot a follow if you ever any, have any questions about the Coyotes, uh, any other hockey teams in the area. I kind of have a, a little bit of a grasp, a little bit of a scope kind of around not only NC2A and college hockey, but just all the hockey scene in Arizona, or at least that's what I'm trying to shoot for here. So, um, yeah, feel free to shoot a follow or anything like that. But um, for everyone who listened this week, thank you for tuning in and hope to have you listen in some more next week. Uh, should be an interesting next three games for the Coyotes, some tough tasks ahead. It's, that's pretty much the whole opening month of the season. Against a lot of teams and a lot of time on the road. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at saskelson96. That is S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. Want to follow the show on Twitter? It is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Appreciate you joining us here today. Andrew, thank you for joining me. And hope everybody has a great weekend. We hope you stay locked on Coyotes, and we'll talk to you on Monday.